Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and as always, Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. Now, it's been a week of rumours and transfer activity. Nathan, let's just start with Jack Bourne, because the big news is he's set for a return to Shamrock Rovers. Are we surprised by this one? Yeah, yeah we're getting into uh, that sort of time of the season now, aren't we? Where these names are popping back up. I was not overly surprised. I thought when obviously everything fell apart for Jack uh, making the move to Applewell when he went over in January, that was just in fairness, it was an absolute disaster spell for him, wasn't it? Uh, in a lot of ways, only made five appearances. Uh, the man that brought him over, meeting McCarthy, he was sacked after only a couple of weeks with Jack being over there, and of course he's extremely unlucky with the injuries. Now, we're not even in a couple of weeks and weeks there. Loads of Shelbourne came out um, as potential place that Jack could go. Even Bowles was rumoured for realistically Jack Bone was never going to end up at Bohemians. But yeah, for me, I have to be honest with you, I, I, I thought if Jack Bone was going to go somewhere, uh, Sean McGraw was a familiar to him. He was successful there, you know, won the FBI Cup in 2019, won the league, was successful in terms of PFEI awards and things like that. Uh, cracking football too, you know, and I think people are being a bit harsh on them, like I said, with the whole the, the Applewell experience. It was really, really it's just a very unfortunate time in his career, and I know he can harken back to his spells in England and Scotland, and for someone that is 25, he has had a decent number of clubs, but for anybody at League of Ireland level, you know, he, he's a special talent in this league, and he really, really is, and, you know, Shamrock Rovers fans will tell you that, and a lot of people... I don't know with the anti Rovers agenda. Look, I'm a St. Pat's fan. I, I, I hate them more than most. I can sympathise with that. But Jack Bourne, he, he is a special talent in the league. And, you know, to have him back for Shamrock Rovers, if you look at the midfield options he have there, but first of all, you'd imagine Jack Bourne, if and when he comes back to Shamrock Rovers, he, he's going to be in a certain level. But he just adds to the wealth of talents that's in that midfield, in that Rovers squad as a whole. So, yeah, for me, I don't know about you, Roy, but. I wasn't overly shocked to see this from their material lawyers because by all accounts the medical's done and there's, there's an announcement expected tomorrow which for people uh, not aware of the scheduling times is going to be Friday the 19th of November so yeah this one is set to be a done deal Yeah I look at Jack Bourne and I see a player who is a really really talented player and I'm just surprised I thought that he may one more go, have a go at trying across the water. That seems to be gone now. His happy place seems to be back here in Ireland, maybe with his family. And Shamrock Rovers was a nice home for him, and he's he's going back to that. Why do you think he hasn't made it across the water? Yeah, it's difficult to pin down, isn't it? You know, we we've seen it. We've seen it go a couple of weeks. Either war, you know, like a perfect example. We're looking at the Ireland games, aren't we, now, over the past couple of weeks. And um, Ozbeni, who's been probably one of the standout players uh, under Stephen Kenny over the past two games. Now, we've seen him at the League of Ireland. And let's be honest, he, he struggles against that call. So he saw it now all of a sudden, he looks like he's, he's going to be a smashing footballer for Ireland going forward. So it, it, it does weigh and throw. But that's why I disagree with you there when I said, yeah, in the background, uh, you mentioned happy place. And it, it does seem to be, doesn't it, with, with Sean McRoberts and Jack Bourne. It seems to be a good unit. I've even heard Graham Bork talk about that as well, you know, just talk about his time uh, with, with Preston and North County when he, when he was let go by Aston Villa. 
I, I just how down he got in himself and you know lack of confidence and that return home uh, the world, after the world gorge you know they're going back to Dublin playing for Shamrock Rovers so for some lads it just seems to suit them and I do agree with that I think Jack Bourne he's stuck 25 as well he, he's He's not complete. For me, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that he comes back, has a crack in the 2017 season and could get another potential move across the water. He's, he's still possibly a year or so away from reaching his prime uh, with his prime ages in football. So for me, it's not completely out of question. But yeah, it, it just seems to be a happiness factor for Jack. And you, you look, like you said, there's all the hype around him around Man City, done well at Blackburn, but then it sort of filtered away a little bit uh, in Scotland and England. So, I think it could be a good move for me personally just after the whole Applewell situation to get back home and get back into familiar surroundings and get back playing regular football because, again, this guy is a serious talent and at the moment it's difficult to see an international career develop for him just because they were lucky he has been. But, you know, there's a reason why he got there in the fourth place under Mick McCarthy and well, Stephen Kenny, you never know you could fancy him because when, for me, when he came into them oil games off the bench, you know, you could see a little bit of a difference in him in terms of his moving and his creativity. But there is a serious, serious footballer there, man. Yeah, it, it just seems to be a sense of move for Jack to come back to a place that's familiar and a place that he's happy in. Yeah, it might just be that for Jack Bourne to get the best out of himself, he needs to be playing in the League of Ireland at home where, where his family and everything are. So if that's it and, and he gets back into the Irish squad that way and plays well in the Irish squad, we'll all be happy. What do you? Stephen Bradley turned around and said that he didn't put any pressure on him to come back. He didn't actually even talk to him. He let him have his own time thinking about potential moves to England. And he said there was some offers or deals on the table um, and Jack Bourne came back to them so it, it really does show that there's a, a, a lure there what does this mean now for the likes of you know Danny Mandrew uh, or Mandreu and Watts you've got uh, Richie Towell is there only so many players that they can fit in there? And I know with Danny Mandreu there, there's rumours about Celtic and again Stephen Bradley came out and mentioned that there has been no offers, there's been no contact to say they're interested or anything like that. So whether this is a paper rumour or maybe there is some slight interest but it just hasn't been let known yet. But can they play all those players together? It's going to be difficult, isn't it? You know, you mentioned some of the lads there, like Richie Towell, uh, mentioned Mona Steen, uh, Gary O'Neill, Dylan Watts as well, who is having a very uh, good end of the season with Shamrock Rovers. It is difficult to see them all getting into the one side. Like, don't get me wrong, the prospect of Richie Towell, Danny Mandreu, Jack Bourne in the same midfield together, you know, it's frightening as a, a, an opposition supporter. And we've even seen Richie Towell since he come back over, you know, move into a more defensive line role. Um, so yeah it's going to be tough to see imagine someone's going to move on you know I always felt Dylan Watts was, was the one in particular that when he's been struggling for game time at Sean McRover he, he could for me walk into every other league of Ireland side realistically he's uh, not a smashing footballer um, just yeah going back onto the Danny Mandreu one that could open up a gap you know uh, looking like he could be following well, talks anyway so he could be following uh, former teammate Liam Scales Celtic that's the old, uh, the Dermot Desmond effect of voice. That's what you like to call it there, wasn't it, with that little connection. But yeah, I, I thought it was, um, it was definitely some conflicting, probably, I suppose, could be the word conflicting reports. They were, like you were saying, Bradley coming out outside denying it, but 
I even seen it coming up on Sky Sports by the Scottish Sun, you know, Celtic would have saying a fee wasn't agreed. But the FBL side was still really confident that you get the deal done and, and get that man in, in Danny Mandreu. Um, where did it work out at, at Celtic for me? I'm not too sure. On his day, one of the one of the best players in the league, but you know, there's been reports and been talks of a serious attitude issue and that's been backed up by people that played with him at Bohemians. I don't want to say who it is because I, forget, I was listening to an interview and I forget who it was and I don't want to be misquote anybody. But there, I, I, there was a, a lot of former Bohemians there that I was talking about some experience with Danny in European games and yeah, it definitely sounded like there, there was a, a backing of them stories with, with an attitude problem and look, these things won't fly at all. You, you know that, Roy, that you won't fly at the like Celtic and it found out pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and I wonder, kind of though, uh, there's been nothing really being said since he's been at Shamrock Rovers, though, has there? No, it's pretty quiet and all that fun, doesn't it? It actually seems to be a good move for my side, I can. It's, it's very good this season uh, for Shamrock Rovers. We're going back to the, even then, we feel the options. If we're looking at them, look at Ricky Taylor when he came in. On the way, a little bit for me this season, but you will cut him some slack. It'll be interesting to see how he gets on. With a full pre-season on his belt, you know, he'll have a full, uh, a full season now. Uh, ahead of Mashamak over so it can always be difficult coming in halfway through a year but yeah for me Richie looked a little bit off the pace um, but still like, another lad that's absolutely well the talent there um, but now in fairness to Danny you know, there hasn't been all this talk you hear about that tube problem all seems to harken back to his bowls days so look do you let him off that light do you cut him a bit of slack like you said nothing in fairness to Stephen Bradley he, he seemed to, to get the best out of him and seemed to play him in, in, in Better position, it seems to suit him well. He's um, getting a nice bit of uh, creativity around him. Uh, obviously, playing with some of the best midfielders and the best players in the league. But yeah, I, I don't know I'm not sure if Danny would actually fit into that Celtic side or how he would actually even get on with that Celtic team because, like I said, and it's, it's just picking up on some, some old, uh, just, it's made a bit relevant. But when Liam went over, Liam Scales, like I said to you on and off here, I, I think there's a realistic chance for him to slot in. Just with it, with the poor quality that Celtic have at the back, you know, and the way Liam's so versatile. I don't know if I could say the same about Mandrew, though, with getting into that Celtic midfield. I'm not too sure. Yeah, well, it might be one of those where you see players going across and it nearly takes them the year to kind of even build up their body to a certain extent, you know, get themselves up uh, to the physical build that you need over there um, it's not necessarily the same you, you find that a lot of Irish players do go over and they, and they need to build themselves up so yeah it'd be interesting to see if, if that was the case again Liam Scales is over there and it'd be interesting to see how he gets on uh, throughout the year and, and, and really really through the summer and into next season and that's where you'll kind of see if uh, how he's coping yeah, yeah, and I said, just just to, to finish off on that one, I suppose I've seen that a bit now with McInerney, even he? he went over the heart, you know, struggling badly for game time. He's still he's not getting a consistent run of games, but when he when he is popping in, you know, he, he he's getting himself a couple of goals now. He's starting to make a little bit of a name for himself mm. uh, over in Scotland. So there definitely was a bit of a, a feeling process for McInerney. There's another goal when he left Shamrock Rovers, you know, a lot of the opposition defence uh, reading a sigh of relief because look, all the talk was when Jack Bourne left, but McInerney was probably arguably even a bigger loss for Shamrock Rovers this season than Jack Bourne. Yeah. Do you feel when you look at Shamrock Rovers thereafter bringing in Jack Bourne now, that's a that's a huge signing for them. When you look at St. Pat's, of course, from uh, a fan's point of view, as you are, and also just on a League of Ireland point of view, with your little journalist hat on, 
do you look at St. Pat's and they're going to be letting go their player of the year? Uh, the goalkeeper uh, going to be going yeah. back, isn't that right? There's no deal for him to come back in or anything like that. So they're going to be no losing a, a good player while Jack, Jack Bourne's going in. And what's the difference in points at the moment? 14 points. How do St. Pat's turn that around? Yeah, it's going to be difficult. I, I, an idea, when I, idea would have to be honest. You know me, Roy? I, I don't be biased just for the, for the sake of being biased here. I'll, I'll try to be down the middle of the path as I can. And it's going to be difficult for them next season. Like I said, losing VR in spring of sticks is going to be a big loss. Um, look, just at the time of speaking, we never know what's going to be behind the, behind the scenes. But I know myself and talking to the lads in the club that now idea isn't on the table at the moment. He is accepted for the phone. Yeah, still Liverpool. And even at Liverpool, the hours is quite a regard, you know. So, this will be seen as a great year for him, you know, getting some game time on these cells and winning that, uh, that the same Pats Player of the Year award, uh, which he deserves. Yeah, it's going to be hard for Pats, you know, uh, all the talk with Gary City uh, next year with their financial um, the financial improvements and how they've been getting on. Uh, Shelbourne again, I know they only need promoted, but it's another side that full time football and it's going to be financial back in there. So it is, you know, it's one that we can always look at Gary Kelleher, who, who has been very kind to Pats uh, throughout the years in terms of uh, budget. You know, past budget, it, it, it would be up there with one of the higher uh, in the league. It's a squad that, I said, it's thin. Not, it, it's been a decent recruitment this year, you know. Uh, it, you mentioned Yara, Paddy Barry, uh, Matty Smith uh, has been excellent as well. Um, Sam Bowen has been very consistent. But again, it's been so that hasn't, you know. It, we're still quite short of front with Ronald Cochran, who's been very, very poor this season. Um, as expected on my end to be honest um, yeah, Melvin Lambert came in and loan from Redding he just he struggled for game time consistency yeah it's going to be hard it's going to be difficult past the season because it is an early prediction uh, the 2022 season it's, it's definitely going to be a tighter race I still I stand by the fact that I don't think Shamrock Rover a million miles away uh, from the leading pack you know uh, in terms of the way Dundalk walk uh, Jordan Day Heyday and the Stephen Kenny mm. I think if you look at the league now, it, it, it's it's literally a, a damning indictment on the likes of Bowles and there he is in, in this situation. Like, yeah, Shamrock Rovers, like you said, 14 points um, ahead of St. Pat's. Um, St. Pat's are five points ahead in second of the Sligo. What is the Sligo Rovers team that literally, I think, lost eight or nine games on the bounce uh, throughout the back end of summer and damning indictment like the Bowles and Derry trying to catch up with them for that whole big play position and how inconsistent and patchy their form has been. So things like that will have to change uh, for the likes of Derry if, if they're going to see themselves as realistic title challenges next season, which you'd imagine they would with, with the, the increase in budget and the, the Lord that's going to bring in with his full-time offers and improved wages for, for players. But yeah, yeah, going back to the past, I, I, I do see a difficult run. I think second place this year has been overachieving. I do, to be honest, I, I didn't see them being the second with the thinness of the squad and some of the reliance on the younger lads. With some the younger lads have overperformed. Again, going back to Yaros, Darrell Bones, and the really probably for me one of the best young players in the league as a whole, I suppose. Um, but yeah, difficult season ahead for 2022. Do I think the relegation candidates and like that? I do not, not at all. Again, I think European football for Pat as an early 22, 22 prediction without seeing any squad improvement or anything like that. Yeah, European football will be um, it'll be a tight little battle. Yeah. The, on, the only team now that you're looking at for St. Pat's to have to look around at, I suppose, uh, would be Dundalk. The team with one of the biggest 
budgets, I suppose, uh, and they'd be looking to push Shamrock Rovers next year. You'd be expecting to see something different from them. And with Jim Magilton gone now, does that end the the previous reign? I think there's still uh, a couple of figures at the club. I'm just again chatting to some golf fans. Uh, the work that I do with heading the game, a lot of the lads on the committee uh, highly involved in Doc, you know, Stephen Todd over there, um, heading up the, the, the supporters, trust the supporters uh, group there. We know the deal. So there's still a couple of figures of contentment that we'd like to see leave the club, but yeah, it's definitely moving in the right direction, isn't it? And not only people leaving, there are people coming in, like Colin Murphy, he's at the coming back in as a club secretary, very popular figure amongst the Dundalk fan base. He, he's a lifelong Dundalk fan himself. He was a club secretary for 2014, I think back to 2020. So look, still is sort of popular figure back in the club will help. Um, I have to say, I've been reading a lot of stuff now that the, the, this new consortium, in particular, uh, Andy Connolly, Alan Clark, and Sean O'Connor. And, you know, it's, it's all early signs, it's all early talk, but there seems to be a clear signal of intent um, off the field, which I said to you a couple of weeks ago, but that's really as important as Dundalk challenged by leagues and, and, and going on cup runs and European runs and things like that. Now, it's reinforcing and rebuilding them community links that have been fractured in not just at Aria Park, Park, Aria Park um, and in Dundalk Town as a whole. So these are things that for me, I, I can't stress enough, that are just as important. And it seems to be going in the right direction. And yeah, Jim and Jim leaving the sporting director role with me, the effect, it, it can only be seen as a positive at the club. He's signed a, a four-year deal. He's only seen out 11 months. Um, he's into him very briefly in April, but... Yeah, didn't bring an awful lot to the club as a whole. You, you could see that there was, again, that was just me bringing up the point of the Glen Torum, Edmund Torum uh, consortium looking to come in and, and take over the club. There was the obvious link there with Jimmy Jensen and his time in the IFA. Yeah, these are all positive moves. They really, really are. I would wonder, because still, still we can take away the fact that Dundalk only have three players not out of contract so they're still going to be they're still going to be the services of like Michael Duffy and, and uh, Patrick McElhaney as you know uh, but he's still there's still key players there Pat Hoban what the hell is he get on Andy Boyle who was just named the Dundalk player of the season an excellent centre half uh, will he be handing around Daryl Leahy another guy that's been unluckily injuries but that's all the powers in the world that lead the ball on the level so if he can make attractive offers to these lads, to these players, there's still going to be a, a good solid squad of players there at the moment. And look, teams like Dundalk, even like about the three players who only remain uh, under contract come the next couple of weeks, they're still, these are positive signs for Dundalk that were not here a couple of weeks ago. You know, this is not that long ago, so that was fighting off relegation. And now there's, um, there's a very, very extremely brief outside chance that you can get it into a four-play position. Highly unlikely, though. Um, but yeah, there's definitely positive there. And Jim and Jim leaving the club is one of the bigger moves that's happened over the past couple of weeks. And it goes along just with the signal and all the talk around it. Making Dundalk a community club once again because not only, only for Dundalk and clubs like them that only have the, the, the one town the whole Cashman area, but it's leave as a whole without the communities now that these clubs should be hubs of the communities and it's something that just can't be ignored and when you have people like Andy Connolly coming back into Dundalk that knows the club knows the town knows the area knows how much it means to everybody 
these are the positives uh, for Dundalk and I'm sure Dundalk fans will, will back that up and these are all things that they're likely to be hearing Yeah I think people will be looking forward to seeing what Dundalk bring to the table next year you're nearly expecting them to be back amongst the, the top three or four anyhow uh, maybe even challenge them because it was just such an unsettled Dundalk club uh, as a a whole there seemed to be nothing going right there now there seems to be a little bit of uh, I suppose organisation around what's going on there seems to be a calm there seems to be the the fans seem to be happier about who's coming in so if if that all settles down and again we'll use that in your happy place then it can only bode well for them out on the pitch. So it'll be very interesting to see and see who comes in because they're missing a couple of players now who are going to uh, Derry City and it'll be interesting to see who's going to fill those shoes. Okay. Uh, one thing he needs a blame goalkeeper anyway, mate. I think we could see that <laughs> after the first couple of games. So yeah, uh, they, they might need a goalkeeper. I, I wonder... <laughs> I know I'm on the fellas back country on this show, but it's crazy. Don't get me started. Yeah, we move on. We move on. Before we start getting negative again. Okay, before we go on to the, 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 the Women's League, we'll give a quick mention to Ollie Horgan, um, recently became the longest serving manager in one spell in the Finn Harps history. Yeah, good man, Ollie. Um, we're not good man because I'm going to start off that the, the game we done it in the two all draw at home to Pats so not good man Ali bad Ali should have let Pats win that one but now fair play so that was Ollie Horgan's uh, 279th game in charge uh, beating the long standing record held by Patsy McGowan with his record of 278 games uh, Patsy would have been manager of the club from August 1969 to December 1976 remember Roy remember managers had Consistent walk that was fun, wasn't it? Even Manager even I don't remember that far back, uh, Nathan. Do you not? Oh God, sorry about this. <laughs> I'm trying to give you a dodgy do. But yeah, even if I'm just looking up about Patrick McGowan, highly regarded, I've been harped, um, and it's a funny golf form community as a whole. He's actually found a member of Finn Harps. Uh, he was Harps first league of all the manager when he, when he, he entered the league. And he was actually the manager when uh, Finn Harp won the first and only FBI Cup in 1974. There you go. Every day is a school day, the morning, all right. Uh, but yeah, look where Ollie in the job now since 2014. He's uh, his first League of Ireland job. But just mad to say, even, even when he took over for Peter Hutton in 2014, there were people questioning uh, his credentials and, and how he got there. And, I know he's symbiotic now at the moment. Anthony Finn Harf and Ollie Horgan. It's, um, it, it seems to be a match made in heaven with you know, Ollie and what he does for the club. He's one of the most hard working uh, managers in the league. You know, you could see him playing Waterford away and on a Friday night. Then he could go to Long- watch Longford play in Longford on a Saturday. Then he's driving to Dublin for a game on Monday. Like Ollie really does get around. And, that's what they're He walks up in Donegal as well. He's holding down a full PE teacher job, you know. So I said it before people like Ollie Hawk and they're it's what the league's all about, you know. There's a clear passion for not only Finn Harris, but for Bally Buffet and, and for sports uh, culture and Donegal as a whole, uh, particularly football. So, yeah, I, I, I'd be a massive fan of Ollie Hawk and I, I, I think you'd find it hard pressed to find a League of Ireland fan that doesn't have a it's much respect for Ollie just for, for what he's doing for Finn Harps and while well, he hasn't been the most successful in, in terms of 
silverware, you know, he's often had some out twice by the playoffs. Um, but when you look at the budget, he's had it throughout the years. Um, some of the good squads this season, there's actually quite a few kind of half players that enjoy watching, but that hasn't been the case in previous years. And he's always seen to be battling against it, but he, he's a uh, track record in terms of keeping half in leagues. And when he really, really, he shouldn't be with the squad that he has, is very, very impressive. And most importantly, Roy, I'll give you one guess. How do you celebrate this big landmark that he, that he made uh, last week? Jeez, I don't know. I went and watched another football match. <laughs> no, he got sent off. He got, oh, he got, <laughs> he got sent off. off. Got sent off. In <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. You know, it's, it's, we have a we have a special little fan club boy here, don't we? You know, we love ourselves in James Brown. We love ourselves in Buddy Collins. But most importantly, me and you, we love ourselves in Ollie Hogan. Yeah, and it'd be great to see him win a trophy one day. Hopefully, ah, yeah, one day yeah. something like that happens you know an yeah. FAI Cup or, or something along the roads because he's had to put in so much work and effort into that uh, club it'd be nice to oh, see them yeah. make the next step the Women's National League Shells won the Women's National League and this week they will have a chance to do the double with their FAI Cup final clash with Wexford this weekend and Nathan all at the very same time as having not one player named for the National League's Player of the Year award nominees yeah, crazy, isn't it? Like I was convinced that Sasha Newland would have got the nod even uh, for the goals Gordon Prayer, where that's that's the name you, you, you think of straight away. Uh, with the Shelburne national team, all women's national team, sorry. Um, but yeah, look, he, just going back to the it's probably a bit of positivity. Fair play to him, fair play to, to, to Noah Kane and his squad and, he, and, he, and his backroom uh, staff uh, for winning it in actually dramatic fashion in the way that he did when they're down to the final day of the season. Um, they were going in. Uh, Close with themselves and P-Mount who are looking for that fourth consecutive title. Um, Shelbourne needed P-Mount to Lewis to, to, to have a, a chance of uh, claiming the title. But yeah, fair play from Shelbourne beating Wexford. Um, she's funny enough their opponent in the FBI uh, Women's Cup final. season 3-2 on the last day of the season where P-Mount got uh, actually well beaten 5-2 uh, at home to the, the Galway uh, women's side. So yeah, dramatic stuff down to the final day. Um, one point gap after 24 games. Shells now going to the Women's Champions League qualifiers. Crazy to think, isn't it? That, that, that after such a successful season, uh, with, with team and being the dominant side uh, over the past two years, that none of the Shells players have been off. Really, really is uh, a shame to see. Crazy to think. Like, yeah. that, that, that never happened in, in the men's but no, it's, it's, it is. It's, it's madness. But I suppose they have uh, Jesse Stapleton, who was shortlisted for the Young Player of the Year. So that yeah, that, yeah. that is something. And of course, uh, Shell's boss, Noel King, is up for Manager of the Year. So, but yeah, I don't think it's it's, it's unheard of. Nearly in any leagues, you, you never, re- you very rarely see that, do you? That, that a team would, would go on and win a league and, and wouldn't have one player nominated. But listen, I don't think they'll, they'll give a damn if they win the league, if they win the cup. Um, I think they'd be chuffed with that. So, and uh, I'm looking forward to that game. And as we said, that's in uh, Tala and uh, it should be a very, very interesting game. Okay, Nathan, fans question. Yeah, a low key favourite part of the show, right, isn't it? Uh, yeah, again, we, we love having them in, getting the inputs. Um, I'll let us in the feed, but the stock's getting a bit low. So, if you could get them in sharp enough for the big kickoff and uh, and if a social media platforms, whether that be Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, getting served, Nathan Doyle, and all them above. Uh, and keep an eye for me because I'll be out fishing every now and again on the old uh, League of Ireland group chat on Facebook. Uh, again, for a paper, Lewis Shaw, 
and the rookie goes there. But I do be fishing about for some fan questions when the, the world's getting a bit dry. So get them into us uh, and get them into us the way Una McLaughlin did uh, this week. So fair play to Una uh, for this. And speaking of the League of Ireland group chat on Facebook, uh, Una's another person. We had a, someone rattled on themselves a couple of weeks ago as well. Uh, Una rattled on herself saying that she, she actually stole this from somebody put a similar post up on the group chat and she thought it was interesting. <laughs> um, so simply, Roy, who, who would we class as underrated players in the current League of Ireland? Yeah, I, I had a think of this. Oh. I was thinking about it a lot and I was saying underrated. Who is underrated yeah. in the league? And I kind of right, so. I, I kind of went down to one player that I thought didn't didn't get I suppose when you look at the Dundalk sides, they've always got, you know, it's always forward players and you know, I know uh, Gartland when, when he was playing got a lot of recognition, but Daniel Cleary, I just I don't think he gets as much uh, recognition as 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 you said, Boyle does or Leahy or uh, even you know anyone else. Gannon was there, or I, I think he just goes quietly about his business and and does it really really well. And you know he does the defender thing. He 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 knows how to play football, but he's solid. He's 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 rock solid. But I just don't, I don't hear too many people talking about it. The odd time you'll hear them say, oh yeah, no, he's a good player, he's a good solid player and what have you. But I think he's better than that. I think he's a, I think he's a, a, a quality player. Um, and then I was trying to think of others and, do you know, I, I struggled on this one. Well, let me give you a hand here, Roy. Um, since I uh, out myself, I actually hunted down the, uh, the post you were talking about and let me just try out some, some names so we'll see what you reckon. I won't try them all out because some of them are, you know, some of the same names pop up every now and again, but some of the ones that, you know, a little bit, they've been out there, a little bit, not out there and different, but, you know, like, the likes of Dylan Watts comes up quite regular around there and Tony Oluwabe of uh, Finn Hearts uh, comes out. But, yeah, look, we have the likes of uh, Kieran Carl, Kieran Harkin, uh, Derrick City, Gary Buckley uh, from Sligo, Mark Coyle, um, from Finn Hart, probably like money went there for a second. Um, Desmond Apache, I wouldn't actually class as underrated. Um, Mark McGinley, excellent goalkeeper at Finn Hart. Uh, Daniel O'Reilly, another good shout at Drotter. Um, Rona Finn actually has probably got a couple of mentions. Barry Coffey, they've done well, done with the Bella Cork City this season. Uh, Ty Ryan, another name, goalkeeper for Treaty United that goes under the radar. So some good names there. Um, and my answer actually was the toys didn't get it, it didn't come up and I always say this I always think it's extremely underrated um, probably because of the talent around them but it's, uh, it's Keith Buckley I thought I think he's an absolute smashing midfielder I really really do you know you, you can understand that the likes of Ross Tierney Liam Borty Laddie Q in the midfield but we get some more applauded for Keith Buckley for me you know club captain there I thought stays consistently Tends to sit quite deep and do some of the more the, the grass and the nasty work that that you know these are players that do tend to avoid the plaudits. But yeah, for me, keep up these and absolutely stonewalling that old midfield. And there was again, it's all rumor, speculation. It's the worst part of the off season to lose Jordan, but the talk like, that keep puppy on his way out down in the park, and for me, that would be as big as loss as any. I think he but, plays in a position, Nathan. That sitting centre defensive midfielder position that 
you don't get much credit in there. Like no. again, like you will hear, oh yeah, he had a good game, or yeah, he broke things up really, really well. But there seems to be a level that that can only go to unless you're in Golo Kante and you're absolutely world class. But there seems to be a level for that position there that people will praise you, and then it's really not about that. Then you've you just do your job, you know. Where if someone's just doing their job up front and scoring goals or just doing their job and creating goals out wide and you know they skip by players they get more credit and I just think his position just doesn't get it's one of those positions you don't get the credit uh, well you don't get over credited for what you do in there it's again as Roy Keane said it was my job yeah, you wouldn't trade the post on time if I did not there. Yeah, no, I, I, I do. Well, you know, every time I've seen people who play, I've never had a bad game, never had a bad good pass, and he's basically played brilliantly. Like I said, it is, it's that thankless position, just sitting right in front of the back four. He often, he, even, he's he slotting back in to make it a back five, or when he gets sent off, he tends to slot back into the centre-half position. Now, people can be asked to be excellent player and someone that, like you said, whether it be down to position or the players ahead of them, never ever get to mention, but I've never seen him put a foot wrong. And, you know, the, 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 the likes of Chris Shields, such a massive loss, one of the best midfielders in the past 10 years at League of Ireland level. I tell you what, them, Doc, it, 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 they're looking for, for Chris Shields to play some. Keep the man, keep the man, you know. You have Greg Slaughter from back at the moment, he, he is in it. If they're looking for someone to come into a similar position, because even as much as he does the, the, the nasty work, you know, Keith's playing the, playing the passing is brilliant, and the vision's excellent. His he, movement, his position awareness is, is, is top class for League of Ireland level. So, yeah, it's nothing but a uh, good thing to say about Keith Buckley as a midfielder. And yeah, it'll be, I suppose. <sighs> When you look at Keith Putley and you're you're talking about Dundalk, it's probably a perfect fit there. And if they they're recruiting now, and the rumours are out there, you never know, Nathan. That could be that could be a good show. Yeah. Uh, the other players, I'm I'm not so sure that they're underrated. I I think nah, no. You know, I mean, I don't know. There's probably a couple of players might be overrated in the league, but I think there's a, such a level playing field across the league. You know, I I don't I, I don't really see players being underrated. So um now again I don't get to see as much as the first division. I get to see some games in the first division, I'll get to see teams play, I won't get to see players consistently play, so it's it's a tricky one. As I said, I've always said uh, and and I think you kind of disagreed with me, but I'd like to see the first division and the Premier Division on different nights so you could get to see these games, but yeah, that's just the way it is, you know, they they play the same day, so that's it. Um so yeah, I'm. I'm not so sure about the the the, the underrated. Um, maybe within clubs, maybe someone gets more more of the the love than than another player who who does uh, like as you said, like Buckley, who does unbelievable work in the midfield, and maybe doesn't get the the plot. It's like uh, Kelly does up front, so or Tierney. So yeah, I can I can understand that, but I I generally don't think anyone's that underrated that. Like they're nearly jumping out of the league, and, and I, I don't see that. So, okay, uh, Nathan, we'll just finish off on the rundown with the the games this weekend yeah. because uh, obviously the the Premier Division is finishing up, and there is a certain game in the First Division that needs to be talked about. So we'll start with that one: uh, Bray and UCD. Nathan, we probably didn't really predict 
this final because I think we thought Galway might creep in there. So would we still be saying, well, UCD, you know, we've they've always been kind of relatively strong and they've always been kind of relatively consistent. Would we be tipping them if you had to back them? Yeah, it's a bloody nightmare, isn't it? Like, uh, I, agree with you. I, I, I thought it would have been a Galway UCD. Um, yeah, first didn't play our final here. But look, we wonder, it's the same last year, that they're having that long foot effect, aren't they? Cleveland in, into playoff position, uh, going under the radar, and who knows? But yeah, look, I am going to stick me nail to the mark. I am going to go UCD. Yeah, just, just with you. The goal scoring hardly have at the moment. Um, Colin Wheel in particular, I've been seeing that was absolute life. Um, I said it before and I say it again that lad, whether you see it or not, he, he will be in the Premier Division next season. It's crazy, but not. I'm pretty sure he's um, he's finished up at UCD in terms of actually with his studies and his education. So there'll be no reason that the scholarship's coming to an end, but there'll be no reason why Colin Wheel shouldn't be playing uh, football in the Premier Division. A serious attacking player there. Yeah, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be brave. Boy. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to jump off. Let me off this fence. I'm going with UCD. Okay. Uh, yeah, probably UCD, but then that probably just means Bray are going to win it. So, uh, uh, but oh, it's Bray Cabin Bray Cabin now. So that's two against one. So maybe they will win. It. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the European places in the Premier Division. You've got Sligo playing Bowes and Dundalk versus Derry. Who wins out? Uh, I see a situation where neither side get a win the weekend. I think these both games end up as a draw, and I think that I mean Bowers will finish fourth on goal difference. That's okay. my little, uh, little prediction for that. Right, one. well, I'm not going to predict that, and that sounds like uh, something to watch out for. Uh, the two draws and uh, Bowes' European place. If Derry got it, it would be some turnaround for the year. Um, obviously, yeah. if Dundalk got it, it'd be absolutely. I don't know what way the, 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 the goal, uh, goal difference is. Do you know that, Nathan? Yeah, I think the balls are they're quite a distance away. It'd have to be a Derry City spanking. Okay. Um, against Dundalk, that it could be happening. Okay, right. I can't quote the numbers off the heart, so that, but I, I do but know it's not likely. Was checking the probably jumped on. Yeah, it, it's not one or two in the difference. It is, there is a, a decent enough gap. Okay. And sorry, sorry for, for balls to be cautioning them. Now, Oli Horgan would have been looking at the, the fixtures and I'm fairly sure he would have been happy to see that uh, he's playing a home to Longford to try and save his team uh, from going into a playoff place or going down this year. Uh, Waterford with St. Pat's, albeit St. Pat's have nothing really to play for bar pride. Yeah. So would you be edging towards a Finn Harps survival? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to see, isn't it? Don't get me wrong, I, I'm not confident with, with Pat's going away to Waterford for him again this season. Like I said, it won in the cup final. I know the players are going to stake their claims against that Stanton 11, but let's be honest, Stephen O'Donnell, he, he probably has a, a majority. We've probably seen enough over the season and over the past couple of weeks to have a good idea of what the Stanton 11 is going to be. Um, could he rest a few players? He, he could do as well. Yeah, I, I, I think it's an ideal game for Finn Harris, isn't it? Uh, Longford's gone down and now have been for quite a while now. Um, in Ballybuff Bay too, I, I, I think it's, it would be quite difficult to see Finn Harris um, having a banana peel here. OK, right, we'll leave it at that. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. And of course, don't forget the Women's uh, Cup Final on this weekend. 
Nathan, thank you very much. And uh, for you listening again and supporting the big kickoff, uh, thank you very much as well. Bye now.